Expel, inhale. Okay. I think we're ready. Hi, Russell. Welcome to Defend and Confirm podcast. Yeah. See how I, I expanded the, the DC? Yeah. Now people know what we stand for. That's right. Not District of Columbia. Mm-mm. Not whatever DC Comics stands for. Do you not know? I do not know. Detective Comics. No, not really. Yes. I was busy having a real childhood. No, <laughs> I, no, I wasn't actually quite the opposite. Let's not go down that road. All right. So we have been talking all about social justice. Dun, dun, dun. Actually, we've been talking around social justice. Sure. So we've been slowly and carefully wading into deeper and deeper waters, uh, trying to bring everybody along with us. People are getting border and border <laughs> with us as we go. Um, and we may, we uh, hopefully will carry them along with us the whole way. We may lose some people this episode who disagree with this particular topic. Yeah. Uh, but we, wouldn't it be great if we didn't lose anybody, if would, people would just said, hey, I'll hear him out. That's what we're hopeful that you will do. You'll listen to what we have to say on this. You'll maybe do some of your own research into the resources and the scriptures that we're going to cite. And uh, maybe we'll change your mind on this. Maybe you've never even thought about this and you'll establish your own opinion on what the mission of the church is. Yeah. So how does that fit in with social justice? Well, uh, the, the, the kind of question that a lot of Christians are having to deal with is if I'm going to be faithful as a Christian and do what Jesus has called me to do as his disciple, uh, does that involve justice? Right. And that's why we defined who and what the church was that's in the right. last episode. Now right. we're saying, okay, now that we know who and what the church is, what should the church do? Yeah. And, and later there's going to be an episode where we specifically address the ways in which being a disciple of Jesus does involve justice but it's really gonna be like a yes and maybe yeah kind of thing so that should be terrible <laughs> so so we keep talking about this book what is the mission of the church um kevin DeYoung and greg gilbert we are now getting to the topic that they wrote about sure i think they define the mission of the church very well and the whole book is basically defending that definition mm -hmm. and expanding on it and, mm -hmm. and pointing to where they get it from scripture uh, what is the definition of the mission of the church? Yeah. So do you want to read their definition yeah, or do just, you want me just to say mine? I'll just read it. Because I can I say what they say, but they probably not do as well. Yeah. So here's what they say. The mission of the church is to go into the world and make disciples by declaring the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Spirit and gathering these disciples into churches that they might worship the Lord and obey his commands now and in eternity to the glory of God the Father. So basically, they just took the Great Commission and added a few more words to it. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So Great Commission, Matthew 28, mm -hmm. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven, mm -hmm. and he tells his disciples, go, yep. make disciples mm -hmm. of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all I've commanded you. Mm -hmm. Teaching them to obey. That's yeah, it. That's so right. that's... That is the mission statement. So the mission that he gave them mm -hmm. is the mission of the church. Yeah, it's it's our mission today. We know that because the text says that the authority that we have is because the spirit lives in us to the end of the age. So uh, all people who possess the spirit of God until Jesus comes back are called to carry out this mission. And the mission is to make the disciples. And what we do is teach them to obey, right? And the first thing that we have to do to obey is repent and believe. And that's actually how we become a disciple. All right, good episode. That's a wrap. There it is. Boom, nailed it. But he <laughs> I, asked. However. However, 
Um, that's not how everyone understands uh, the Great Commission. That's not how everyone understands. Uh, that's not what everyone understands the mission of the church to be. Uh, we can kind of we're going to end up talking about some negative views uh, or some wrong views. Some wrong views, yeah, and negative. Like if I were to rate them, I'd say like two stars <laughs> on Yelp reviews. Uh, but I think the best way to go at this is to ask how the disciples understood Jesus's command. How did the disciples understand the mission of the church? And I think you can see that very clearly if you just walk through the book of Acts. Right. So the book of Acts is what the early church was doing. Mm -hmm. And so we can kind of look at their actions and figure out what they must have thought their mission was. Yeah. They heard Jesus's marching orders and they were like, hey, you're risen from the grave. This really matters. Let's go do something. And what they did was... They planted churches. Yeah, they, they went out. Preached the gospel. Preached the gospel. Called people to repent and believe in Jesus. And then once people had repented and believed, they gathered them into churches and said, hey, yeah, keep doing this. Reproduce. But they did other stuff too, right? They did. So let's let's break this down in terms of some of the wrong ways to view the mission mm, Wait, the wait, 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 wait. We're not Am done with ahead? the other argument. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I'll reel you back That's in. That's all right. Jesus' own ministry. He he uh, he fed a lot of people, healed a lot of people, did a lot of really great things, good works. Uh, but when we walked through the book of Mark together in our church, as I preached through it for over a year, what we saw over and over again was that Jesus's primary purpose in his mission was to preach the gospel and call people to repentance and faith, right? Mm -hmm. So John the Baptist comes onto the scene. He calls people to repentance and faith. He's beheaded. Jesus takes up his mantle. And the first thing he does after he has, you know, gone through the wilderness is goes out and he preaches the, the coming of the kingdom of God and calls people to repent and believe. Right. And he does that throughout his whole ministry. He does other things which adorn the gospel that he's preaching. Mm -hmm. But there are even times in his ministry where he says, hey, listen, I, I can't heal you guys anymore. I, can't, I, gotta go, I gotta go to the next town so I can keep preaching. Right. So when the disciples carry out this mission, I think they're just imitating their master. And right? I, I think the, uh, the rebuke, to, not the rebuke, the, the response to that, is what I'm trying to say, uh, would be from, from somebody who views the mission of the church incorrectly, would be to say, well, that's Jesus. Mm -hmm. We're not Jesus. Right. But we can see the disciples who who we are disciples mm -hmm. faithfully imitating him through the book of acts yeah that's so right. their primary priority was always preaching the gospel mm -hmm. planting churches making disciples yeah and they did a bunch of other stuff sure caring they for the poor. cared for the poor the orphan the widow mm -hmm. they had you know deacons i guess in in act six yeah. basically that office was created to make sure there was impartiality in the mm -hmm. church and the distribution of resources. Yeah. But that was always secondary to their primary mission. Sure. And it was, and this is where, you know, the yes and maybe language comes to, it was connected to the gospel, mm -hmm. but it, it wasn't their mission. It was something that could hinder the mission. Yes. Therefore it needed to, and it was, and, and God cares about it. And so they, they, you know, they wanted spirit filled, wise, godly men to handle that. Um, but yeah, the, the disciples in Acts chapter six, uh, the apostles, when they say the reason why they're doing what they're doing, they're saying, listen, this is important, but we have to keep preaching and praying. Right. Right. So we need you guys to take care of this so that we're not drawn off mission. Okay. You can think about it in like a, a wartime analogy, right? There are certain things that are very much a part of the war effort, but they're not the central thrusts of the mission, right? They're not like the MWR. <laughs> yes. Let's. We need ping pong tables. Yeah. Let's maybe think like supply line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You know, like it's yeah. important that the supply line of water gets to the troops. That's not the mission. The mission is to conquer the enemy, right. to kill the enemy. But if that doesn't get taken care of, the mission can't be carried out. Gotcha. And that's true for all of the good works that are meant to accompany and adorn the gospel. They can either, the phrase that we used in our latest Sunday school class was, they can either decorate or decimate the gospel. You like your alliteration. Man, I like it. I'm turning into a real preacher. But this is important because the number one thing people are going to say when they hear us and they hear Kevin DeYoung and Greg Gilbert's definition of what the mission of the church is, is you guys don't care about works. Good Mm -hmm. works aren't in the definition. Mm -hmm. And that's wrong because throughout scripture, we see calls to do good works, Mm -hmm. to do good, to do justice, to to bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. And how can that not be in the mission of the church? Are you asking me? Yeah. It's just not. It's not. Right. But <laughs> but we have to be very careful to say, yeah. yes, those things are still important. Sure. And yeah. those things are an overflow of the gospel mm-hmm. and the mission of the church. Yeah. But they are not themselves the right. priority in the mission. This is a typical evangelical thing. We, we can't have things that are not of utmost importance, right? It's kind of part of who we are in our identity, right? We fight for the evangel. We fight for the most important things, the things that people want to strip away from us and ruin Christianity, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have a category for something being... Uh, really important, but not essential, but not ultimately important. Right. right. We see that kind of thing with baptism, right? It's either, it's either something that we're going to kill each other over, <laughs> right? Or it's something that we're going to relegate away into nothingness. Yeah. Right. But what if the Bible teaches us that good works are not a part of the great commission, right? That feeding the poor, doing justice in the land, that it's not, a, it's not our mission as a church, but is very much a p- connected to the mission. And mm-hmm. it's still very much important. And it can totally undermine the mission if we don't Take care of it. Right. Okay. So I think we have, there's probably more, but I think we have three bad ways that people tend to think about uh, the mission of the church today. This could be you. Could be you. Pay attention. I I know it's been me. It's been me. It's been Dylan. Dylan's here, guys. You know Dylan. Dylan. Uh, Yeah. So confusion of the creation mandate with the Great Commission, number one. Okay. So What, what is the creation mandate? Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, you know, do all of the things that God told Adam and Eve to do as his vice regents, his representatives on the earth. To be good stewards of creation. Yeah, that's right. And to enjoy it. Yeah. So that's not the mission of the church. That is not the mission of the church. But you you see uh, guys kind of like Christopher Wright um, in his book, The Mission of God, uh, trying to say that the Great Commission is inextricably connected to that but it's it's just a very different thing they're just they're just two different now i i get it you want to have continuity in your bible mm-hmm. but you also have to have a sufficient amount of discontinuity right right so i appreciate somebody saying this is all one big story and you know i want to connect the strings and i see this mandate and this commission and they're connected and in some vague general way that's true but to, if you overplay that hand, you're really going to misunderstand what Jesus is calling the church to do. He is not calling us to primarily, as his disciples, make sure that uh, our national forests are well taken care of. Although that is still very much good and true and ap- applicable from the Bible. Right. So what? I mean, aside from national forests, what are some of the ways... <laughs> Which you seem to hate, by right. the way. What are some of the ways that we see in modern evangelical circles, and maybe just... Christianity in, in a larger context than just the evangelical world. Sure. How do we see people getting these confused practically? What does it look like? 
I mean, I, honestly, the National Forest one is probably the easiest example. Environmentalism. Yeah, environmentalism. Be good stewards of the earth. Your primary mission is to make sure everything's green and happy and clean uh, and because this is just one big garden. Yeah, that's we're right. We're the caretakers of the garden. Yeah. And see, here's the thing. Uh, there's a sense in which I can hear somebody say that and say, I do think that being good stewards of the earth that God has given us is very important for us as God's people. Right. Right. It's it's part of our stewardship. That does not mean that it is part of the mission of the church. Right. Right. So well, again, what you're saying is the priority of saving souls from eternal damnation is higher than the priority of cleaning up parks. Yeah. Seems, yeah. Pretty I think, straightforward. I think pretty straightforward and pretty biblical. Yeah. Okay. The the second one, and, and we could say more than environmentalism, but that's just one example, yeah. right, of how that happens. Number two, confusing the Great Commission with the Great Commandment. Mm, I see this one a lot. Okay, I'm, let's talk about if it. If I'd made this list, this would have been number one. Oh, dang. Well, I got the kind of the least fun one out of the way. Now we're going to really dig this in. This is where I see a lot of, especially... Uh, very young, uh, millennial, probably politically left-leaning Christians really getting confused about the mission of the church. So like Dylan. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you're here, Dylan. Yes. Wait, so, so what is it? What is the great commandment? The great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. Okay. Not the mission of the church. The most, I mean, it's a summary of the law, Jesus mm -hmm. says. Yeah. So Jesus says this is the greatest commandment, and, and it's a two-part commandment. Mm -hmm. It's it's two parts, but it is one commandment. Mm -hmm. And so we see Christians looking at that and seeing that as the ultimate mission of Christianity. And then because that's the lens they're looking through, their entire view of the church is one of doing good works to show love for neighbor. Yeah, it, it it's especially dangerous because it, oh man so subtly replaces gospel with law. Yeah. Right. It's, it's still, it's, it's, it's a good law. It's a law of love, but it's law, mm -hmm. right? The gospel says, this is what Jesus has done for you. Law says, this is what you most do must do. Law is not bad, but it's not gospel. So right. when we replace the great commission with the great commandment, we're replacing the gospel with law. And that's so dangerous. It is. And, and you know, what's really interesting is where we see the great commandment where I see it confused with the mission of the church, I also see a flattening out of love God and love neighbor. Okay. So to the point that I've seen pastors who fall into this category insist that love God and love neighbor are equal. Okay. And there's no prioritization there. Right. Um, which as you recently pointed out is, is misguided because not only do we see love God first and foremost, and from the love of God, we find our mm -hmm. love of neighbor. Yeah. We find a grounding for loving other human beings because yeah. they're image bearers of the one we love. Yeah. We also see the same thing in the Lord's prayer. Mm -hmm. We see the same thing in the first and second table of the law. You know, so in the Lord's prayer, first three petitions are all Godward, Godward your name, yeah. your kingdom, your will, and then us. And then we focus on us. Okay. 10 commandments. The t first of the six, 10 commandments are first really four. First four. Yep are really explicitly focused on God. Yeah. On having no other gods before him, uh, no graven images, not taking the Lord's name in vain, uh, honoring the Sabbath. And yeah. then we move into also don't murder, don't steal, uh, don't bear false witness, all yeah. the things that we see, you know, horizontally mm -hmm. among one another. Yeah. And so there's a reason that this is always in this order. Yeah. Um, and so when we see the flattening out of that to where, 
um, you know, loving God is really about loving your neighbor. And so we, as a church, just need to focus on doing good to those around us. Our neighbors, which are often then what, who is our neighbor, mm-hmm. um, becomes also very flat. Right. And so we see everyone on earth and their physical material needs being met as the ultimate mission of the church. Right. And that is absolutely wrong. And right. it's so hard to address because if you look at any instance of someone caring for the needs of another person, that in and of itself is a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when that becomes the priority of the church, it actually becomes a bad thing. Yeah. And what you end up having is people with full bellies who go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want that. Uh, number three, confusing the church gathered with the church scattered. Okay. I, I found this distinction mm-hmm. to be incredibly helpful. Yeah. Me too. Go on. Oh, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, one of the, one of the phrases that I, I, I've heard from, I don't remember where I heard it, but it was really helpful. It says the gospel changes people and people change the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I think that that phrase that that saying speaks to what we see here. Uh, the, the church gathered, right. Is an entity. It's an, it's an organism, right? But we break up the cells of that organ, disperse and go back out into the world. That is where we carry out the creation mandate. That is where, and the Great Commission mandate, right? Right. But that's where we carry out this creation mandate. That's where we love God, love neighbor. That's where we kind of do all the law stuff, right? But when we come together and form ourselves into one body, we then, when we come, when we go full Megatron, wait, Megatron, what happens with the- Voltron? When all the beasts come together and yeah, yeah, when we go full Voltron, just edit that out. I totally nailed it on first take. <laughs> then our mission is different. We have a singular focus. It is the the proclamation of the gospel, right? Which goes yeah. back to the definition of the church. Yeah. So the church gathered together has a unique authority. Yeah. And has a unique mission. Yeah. But all the individual members of that church, mm-hmm. who who are all spirit filled believers. When they leave that gathering mm-hmm. and are back to being individual in their authority mm-hmm. and in their uh, station in life and in their uh, you know their their careers or wherever sure, they may be, sure. that's where we see the fruit of the gospel and good works and uh, in, in loving neighbor and in changing culture and in Absolutely. justice most clearly. Yeah. So if somebody says to me, Sean, don't you want the members of your church to do justice in the land? you know, quoting scripture at me, I'm going to say, yes, brother, of course. Yes amen. And amen. Yes. And amen. Uh, and I, and, and after I've preached the gospel to them and helped them to see how it applies to all of life, I want the mom to go and do justice in her, you know, wherever her respective field is. And this guy who works in city government, I want him to go pursue peace and justice there. And you know, that, that sort of thing. I want to use the gospel to equip the individual members of our church for when they disperse to go out and do good works and to, yeah. I'm going to throw myself under the bus here because this is where I did not, I think, rightly understand the mission of the church for a long time. Okay. And I thought that uh, abortion, a horrendous injustice that's just a, just a stain on our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that in order to be a faithful church, yeah. that you needed to have an abortion ministry as yeah. part of your church. Yeah. And if you didn't, then you weren't being faithful to your mission. Yeah which is, I thought, to fight injustices of that kind within our society. Yeah. But the truth is that a church can be completely faithful to the Great Commission and not have any abortion ministry whatsoever. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would be concerned about a church that didn't ever say anything about it, right? Right, and that and that's different. A church that 
preaches uh, through, you know, expositionally, you're mm-hmm. going to find places in the text. We've talked about mm-hmm. this before, where abortion is just an obvious practical application of scripture mm-hmm. because it's a reality around us. Yeah. If you're not doing that as a church, or your pastors aren't doing that, there's a problem. Sure. However, that's distinctly different from saying we as an institution yeah. are going to have this abortion ministry as part of what we put our time and resources and energy into. Yeah. Um, that's not part of the church's mission. Right. And what you'll find is churches that are faithfully doing what they're supposed to do, making mm-hmm. disciples, yeah. as Greg Gilbert and uh, Kevin DeYoung say, they're going to have members who, when they scatter, yeah. go stand on the sidewalk outside abortion clinics or yeah. go volunteer at the, um, you know, the the local pro-life organization. Sure. They're going to sure. do those things because sure. they've received uh, good discipleship from the yeah. church. And I love that you use abortion as an example because uh, I think some of the pushback we would get is like, churches that believe what you believe they still invest their great commission dollars and their great commission efforts towards like abortion things but why not fighting racism or uh hunger or hunger whatever whatever it may be and 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 i would like to be able to say to someone with a clear conscience hey i'm not just saying it about the things that i think are perceived to be politically left in our day right i'm also saying about things that would be perceived to be politically right so i don't think abortion or feeding the poor is the mission of the church right although both of them are very important and can totally undermine the mission of the church if we fail to address them so churches who maybe have congregations that lean to the right or lean to the left can both get confused about what the mission of the church is absolutely and start putting uh, things that the church scattered mm-hmm. will very likely be involved in as, yeah. as the priority, as the mission for the church gathered. Yeah. And that's a mistake. I, I think if you do like a little analysis of evangelical history uh, in the last 50 years, I think what you'll find is that the 80s kind of Pat Robertson, moral majority, you know, good old Southern Baptists, we're going to say the Pledge of Allegiance and have a Christian flag on the pulpit. An American flag. I don't think there is a Christian flag. (laughs) You're darn right there's not. Uh, You know, they made this mistake in one way, Mm -hmm. right? And as as the tide waters of culture have shifted... Now we're seeing evangelicals making the mistake kind of the other way, in the more left-leaning way. Yep. Uh, and and partially it's because they saw such a a, a big hole in in what you know the evangelicals weren't doing their job on that front. They mm-hmm. weren't sufficiently addressing these things, and so now they've latched onto them and they've done too much with it. Yeah. So you know both sides, wherever if you think if you kind of see things in that binary way, are prone to make these errors, mm-hmm. just like you said, dude. Dylan. Viewers, yeah. If you have questions or comments, uh, send them to us. Put them on Facebook or in the YouTube comments. Yeah, wherever you happen to be catching this. Particularly related to social justice right mm-hmm. now. Like if you say, "Oh, you guys said that, but what about this?" Yeah, just put it in a Facebook question or Instagram, and we'll try to address it. Yeah, if you have uh, particularly questions on the mission of the church, um, and then next, what are we talking about next? Don't do that. We define the church. Uh huh. We define define the mission mission. of the church. And now we're going to get into some some deeper waters here. Yeah. We need to talk about justice. Yeah. We need to talk about racism. Yeah. We need to talk about what social justice is. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's kind of a subcategory of justice, even. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll decide after we turn the camera off. Yeah, or we can just keep doing this. Let's spit ball on camera. We're at 23 minutes. Nobody cares. No one's listening anymore. Okay. That's it, brother. That's all All I got. All right. Thanks. And we'll catch you next time. I love you. Still don't got it.